Hello, we are Be Nostalgic, the podcast where we break down 80s and 90s movies with deep dives. Roger Rabbit has this line that says, all we want to do is make people laugh. Mm -hmm. Now, do they have the knowledge that people die from laughing too much? Because I can read. (laughs) Does he want to murder everyone with laughter? (laughs) Hot takes. Yes, using diehard rules for all you diehards of Christmas movie people over there because it has a Christmas party. It came out in July, people. It's it's a proven fact now that Princess Bride is a Christmas movie because Santa Claus is a decoration in the background that makes multiple appearances behind Peter Falk. Boom! Christmas movie. And lots of laughs. Like, what about kid that was always in the corner? You peed, they right there. <laughs> We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and more. Please enjoy the rest of this audio module. 24 hours is like three weeks. (laughs) 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 Wookies, lasers, Death Star. So slugs up your butt is bad. Is that what we've gleaned from this? Hi, we're the Culture Quest Podcast. We're on a quest to become more cultured people by discussing a movie, a music album, a book, or anything else really each episode. Check us out, culturequestpodcast.com. Hi. Hi. How you doing? I'm fucking tired, man. How you doing? I have a question for you. I have an answer. Would you rather be hypnotized to scream in absolute terror every time someone says hello to you or be hypnotized to smack someone in the face every time they say your name? Probably smack someone in the face. Even your mom? Yeah. And your grandparents? Mm Mm-hmm. Teachers? Yeah. I know you would, your friends. Right. Kids? You? Huh. (laughs) And I have an excuse for it. Because you've been hypnotized, but right. see, nobody else is going to know that you've been hypnotized. It's just well, your I'll tell them. But do you know you've been hypnotized? Well, after the first one, I'm pretty sure you know. Why? Because somebody will be mad at you. You might just think you have some weird-ass response. No. You think you're losing your mind and you just start smacking people and you get horrif- horrifically upset every time they say your name. That's all right. Oh, I did have a question for you. You just asked me a question. No, it's a, a different question. This is actually coming from one of our listeners. They wanted to know how the butt waxing went. If you went through with it and how, well, how it didn't would it go, go really well because you couldn't pull it off one at a time or in a whole a whole strip. One big it was stuck, man. You're <laughs> it wasn't well, it's wax strips. Of course it's gonna get stuck. I it's mean It's not okay. Yeah, no. You try doing it to your butt crack, and then you tell me. I'll that do it it's to your butt wax. crack, and I'll show you. You're not going to have that problem with my butt crack. It's not as hairy. You want to bet? I We're going to take a quick intermission. We'll be right back. <laughs> <laughs> so it's my butt crack is the problem, huh? <laughs> it's your butt crack. <laughs> but yes, we had a listener that was curious. I would be too. Those mm-hmm. are things that you just need to know the answers to. 
already said hi. I'm Emily. I'm Joel. And you're listening to Drink Drunk Dead Man. <laughs> Welcome back, guys. We have something a little different in store for you now because we're going we're we're getting back into school. The kids are getting back into school. I've got my thesis and research to work on. He's going into his senior year. So grown up. Aww. So we're a little bit overwhelmed between those responsibilities, family, and podcast. So we're doing a little bit of a change up. Instead of the usual two stories every episode, it's going to be a little bit shorter. It's just going to be one of us telling the other a story that's going to spook them out. I got a good one for you this week. It's one Booyah. of my favorites. Yes, Booyah. it's something that scares the crap out of me. So I'm excited to share it with you. It's a good thing we had beans tonight. Scare the shit out of yourself. Ha. Huh. Huh. You get where I was going It'll with make that it one. easier, huh? Yeah. So anyway, we're going to alternate back and forth. I'm going to go first. So that means Joel has next week. And hopefully this will give you some slightly shorter episodes that are a little better for some quick listening. Quick-ish. They ain't going to be 20 minutes, that's for damn sure. I can't do 20 minutes. Too long-winded. Yeah. Somebody has to force you to shut up most of the time. Well, it's not you, because you hardly say a damn thing. What? What are you even talking about? (laughs) So, we also have a reminder that we're doing the giveaway this month. So, you have five chances to enter to win this prize. You can do it on any of our social media accounts. So, that's Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Don't forget to go like us on there. We're Drink Drunk Dead on all three platforms. So what's going to happen is after the episode goes live, I'll post a question related to the episode. So you're going to have to listen to it. And then you can DM us the answer and we'll enter you for a chance to win the prize. And the prize is pretty cool, I think. Pretty damn near cool. Yeah, we got three DVDs of movies that we've talked about. So we've got The Shining, The Exorcist, and Poltergeist. So some good freaky the fuck out movies. Classic horror stuff. And then we have a cool color change coffee mug that's got our logo on it. It's so cool. And a Visa gift card. So that's our big prize. Enter for a chance to win. You have five chances to enter. Not three. Not four. But not ten. Certainly not twenty. That would be because that would be out of this world. But five chances to win. 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 So what are you drinking this week? I have a Voodoo Ranger Imperial Ippa. You like your Ippas. I do. You've been in an Ippa mood lately. Yeah. Uh, You're getting more grown up with your beers. You switched from that cheap crap that you drink at college to drinking real beers. See, that's that's just because it's cheap. I know. And it's efficient. (laughs) Is it efficient? Yeah. Because you, can, you can't shotgun an IPA. I mean, you can. There's obviously people who do it. But it's got... It's too bubbly for me. It'd be like shotgunning like a soda. I could see you shotgunning a soda. You love soda. Trivia question. Is it soda or pop? It's definitely soda. Or soda pop. Or Coke. I call it... I, like, I usually call it soda pop. Or cola. See, but that's limited to Can I get a, a liter cola. of cola? Has anybody ever asked you that? Only Farva. 
So yeah, cola, soda, pop, soda pop. You gotta run a poll on, on Twitter. The only people who call it Coke are Southerners. That's a Southern thing. They call every soda Coke. That'd be really confusing it being is. a service worker. And then you'd be worker. like, okay, so what do you want? Coke. You want a Coke Coke? Or do you want a Pepsi Coke? Or do you want a Sprite Coke? All right. The fuck do you want? <laughs> it's confusing. Here's the real question for you, though. Dr. Pepper, yay or nay? Yes. Ugh. Dr. Pepper made a cream soda, and it is schmacking, my guy. I was actually thinking about this on my way over to your parents' house tonight. Because your mom likes Pepsi. Pepsi's so gross. I do not like Pepsi. It is. It just, I hate the feeling that it leaves in your mouth. Mm-hmm. It's like That's the big thing. I like the taste. It tastes okay, but it's the aftermath. So I'm certainly a Coke guy for that reason, but I don't know why. And I was just like, and it was so weird. I was just imagining that your parents were going to ask me what my favorite soda is. And I was like, damn. What if they're going to judge me on my soda preference? <laughs> and I was thinking then, what are, what are my favorite sodas? If you and said Coke, my mom would hardcore judge you. Yeah. And it was cream soda, the the Barks. Is it Barks or Barks? Barks. I like Barks better. Barks root beer, Barks cream soda, and Sprite. Oh, it's because I was drinking a Sprite. That's why the conversation popped up in my head. Do you remember RC Cola? Yeah. They used to have the, the vending machines outside of every Walmart. And I'm pretty sure like they 20, still make it. 25 cents to get a can a can out yeah. of the vending machine. Back when you would get cans out of vending machines. Those yeah, right. were the days. <sighs> the good old days. Back before like 13 different operations had to happen for you to get your food or you drink from a damn vending machine. Oh, yeah, right. Now they got elevators better for pop pop cans pop bottles than they do for people that's very true i would have to agree they move them a little bit more gently until it drops it in the <laughs> thing will go up it, it goes like so nice and smooth oh. <laughs> you fucking shaking up soda bud <laughs> can we make a vending machine <laughs> that does that but then it will have like a voice at the end it has like, to be one of the voices. Like, here's your fucking soda pop, bud. Yeah, Fuck from off. Letter Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> has to sound like what's the really the guy that you never see the face of that's always talking about. Fucking oh, their what moms. is his name? I don't I know. Remember. I forget. It's been a while since we watched it. That's gonna annoy me now. I need to know the name. So Google it real quick. Schwartzy. No, it's, it's like that. Yeah, Shorzy. 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 I was going to say spelled Shorzy it weird. Sound right. They spelled it, and on Google it pops up, who plays Shorzy in Letterkenny? And then it's Jared Kiso, and then it says Shorzy is a side character on Letterkenny. Yep. So it okay, had to be Shorzy. So the vending machine's going to have to sound like Shorzy. Yeah. Fuck your mom, bud. Shove, her, shove this pop can up her asshole and tell her I say hello. What? Fucked your mom last night. (laughs) (laughs) So this week we had a little bit of a stumble. 
trying to get our new setup and we didn't end up with a spotlight. But we It's been a fucking week. It's been a week. But spotlights will be back next week. I promise we will have a good one for you. But I do have some fun facts for you. A word? Yeah. I Googled a couple before we popped down. Just some quick little funny ones. So I have some for you as well. Ooh, okay. Well, I have fun facts about clocks. Okay. Because when I'm sitting there trying to think of fun facts, I literally look around the room and I go, what would be something interesting to write about? (laughs) Clocks, because that's interesting. Wait, okay. So listen. Clockwise and counterclockwise were originally sunwise and winder shins before (laughs) clocks were common. (laughs) Like, what like, the fuck? Huh, what, what do the, we call it? Sun unwise? No, that just sounds weird. We'll go with Windershin. <laughs> Everybody will get it. What the fuck is a Windershin? Who knows? Oh, it sounds like a hotel. It's not Winder. I, I mispronounced it. It's Widdershins. Either That's way. even worse. Before alarm clocks, there was a profession called a knocker-upper. Sounds like they impregnate. It's not. They were people who would go around and knock on your door until you woke up. But I want to know who the fuck... Wakes up the knocker-upper. Maybe he just never goes to bed. Maybe not. That would be a shitty-ass job. Yeah. Just door-to-door in the morning. Come on, guys. Uh-huh. You're going to be late. And everybody hates to see you. <laughs> Nobody's happy. <laughs> that would be a terrible job. Yeah. And then your your name is the knocker-upper. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's what an OBGYN really wants to be called? A knocker-upper? Yeah. Uh, only if they want to get sued. What if they do in vitro? Well, that's different. Hi, I'm Dr. Knocker Upper. Professional <laughs> Knocker Upper. Nice to meet you. <laughs> that was somebody's last name. Uh, hyphenated of, Knock Her Upper. I, I mean, a lot of last names came from old professions like Shoemaker. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. In 2007... A group broke into the French Pantheon and spent a year repairing its antique clock. They were there for a fucking year. When the building administration finally fucking found out, the administrator, he pressed charges and tried to hire someone to break the clock again. That'd be a pretty easy job. Breaking the clock? Yeah. Like, why would you hire somebody for that? And also, how do you not notice that somebody's been in your fucking building working on this for a year? Well, why does it take that long to fix a clock? It's probably an old-ass clock. So? It's a probably a big old-ass clock. I think it doesn't take a year. Mm, Although without modern tools. Stuff, yeah. That's funny. But that's, I mean, that one is dedication to break in. Did they, like, re-break in every night? Or I don't did know. they stay there? Well, I imagine... Whoa. Lightning. Oh, that's rain. Yeah. I thought that was Open a car Open the door. Driving. I want to see it. Holy shit. Oh, no. That's going to slam against them. I can hear it. Well, there we go. Keeping Finally us on our getting toes some tonight. Of rain. That's probably going to pick up. Well, it's, no, it's rain in the background, so. Fucking deal with it. So, yeah, anyway, I, I don't. I imagine that they managed to break into the building and they would return there regularly to repair it but not that they lived in it because then there would be a whole lot of probably coming and going during the day that would be really obvious they probably had to work on it at night right i didn't look that deeply into it i just thought it was an interesting weird fact what a bunch of criminals 
Hoodlums. Damn you for fixing things. Right. I had one more for you. In U in USA. In the USA. Time zones as we know them were first established by the railroad industry back in 1883. Before that, every town kind of kept their own time based on sunrise and using like a central clock in the town. But this made scheduling trains almost impossible. So it basically required a standardized time. So that's how they set up time zones was because of the railroad system. Hmm. Makes sense. And then it became a worldwide thing. Yeah. Pretty interesting, huh? Yeah, for sure. When was this? 1883. Really? It took that long? Mm-hmm. Damn. Yeah, because trains were around for quite a while before they... They must have just hit the point where they were like, fuck this shit, I can't take it anymore. Probably took them a while to figure out how they wanted to standardize it, too. What would Do you be think there's a, a thing such as train lag? Train lag, like jet lag? Yeah. I imagine. Have you ever looked at the maps of time zones? Uh, yeah, it's been a while, though. They're not like... It doesn't make sense, really. And I'm sure it has something to do... Because, it's. I mean, the sun is rotating, or the earth is rotating while spinning. and So I'm sure there's some reason, but it's it's not broken down like you think it would be. Like, all of the Atlantic Ocean... It's pretty much in one time zone, and that's a huge area. Mm-hmm. And then you go like over there, you know, then Europe and and, and and the United States are only like two hours apart. Think about it with if you're using the railroad to set that time. It's however, it's based on probably that railroad company, the major railroad company, the kind of depots that they had and the amount of time they expected it would take to get them from one place to another. And then they right. just standardize something off of that. Yeah. Oh, you never asked me what I was drinking. We talked about what you were drinking. Oh, hey, what are you drinking tonight, babe? I'm drinking a rosé. I switched it up tonight. I'm drinking Santon's rosé. It's from Provence, because I like my Provence rosés. Wegmans? Yep. Nice. It's pretty good. I wouldn't say it's the best rosé I've ever had. Honestly, my, like, $8... Dark Horse uh, Pinot Grigio. I might appreciate I liked, that a little more, but I really like the Dark Horse Rosé. I thought that was pretty delish. Dark Horse for eight bucks does a damn good job. I, I will no say kidding. that. The only thing is, I don't like the way they make me feel the next day. There's, it definitely has too many sugars. It gives me quite a headache the next day. But that's what I'm drinking. What are your fun facts? So again, they're kind of just stupid little things. India has a bill of rights for cows. Okay, that makes sense, based on the Hindu religion. Right. I think you have to take it to a special slaughterhouse. Because you have to butcher it and kill it and butcher it and dispose, I'm sure, in a in a manner that's... Very respectful. Yeah. They kind of view them as like representatives of a deity, don't they? They're I'm some kind sure. of holy beast, I think. I don't know enough about Hinduism to say for sure. Grapes explode when you put them in the microwave, which I am very intrigued to try out. (laughs) Which, again, makes sense because it's it's very um, 
it's a lot of water in there, mm-hmm. and it's the shell is probably hard enough to keep a decent amount of pressure inside of it. And then once it just it peaks and it, we have blueberries. I bet a blueberry would do it too. I think so. Do you want to put a blueberry Very in the microwave? Different real quick? skins. No, I don't want to have to clean it up. You won't clean it up. I'll clean it up. That's how it always goes. Bullshit. Clean up after you all the time. Mm-hmm. Don't give me uh-huh. You know it's mm-hmm. facts. You just don't want to admit it in front of everybody mm-hmm. else. Keep coming with your fun facts. Almonds are a member of the peach family. Really? Really? I did not know that. And I'll see if you know this one. So you know how in Psych they have a pineapple in every episode? Mm-hmm. Do you know what it is in Seinfeld? No, I haven't watched Seinfeld quite enough to know that. Superman. Oh, really? Really. Little Easter eggs. No, I didn't know that. Every episode. I like Seinfeld, but I don't like it as much as, like, Psych or Parks and Rec. Mm-hmm. It is funny, though. I like Frasier. You don't like Frasier. No. You don't like sophisticated humor, I know. That's not. It's just boring. <laughs> You're boring. Mm-hmm. The Bible is the world's most shoplifted book. That's fucking funny. Right? <laughs> You sin to go to heaven. Exactly. How's that work? Like, I need to worship you, but I can't afford it right now. That makes me think of the story that I'm going to be covering with uh, Lindsay from Ye Old Crime. Because mm-hmm. we're doing our crossover, we're recording it this weekend, and we did cults, and I did the Heaven's Gate cult, and they're a kooky bunch. Yeah. And yeah, they cr- they bring in a lot of weird religious stuff that you're like, how? How? How, Sway? Let your sister know this one. In Utah, it is illegal to swear in front of a dead person. I don't imagine that would be a problem too often. Right. Who's going to tell on you? Yeah. I mean, where did that start? Did somebody swear in front of a dead person and somebody else was like, the fuck did you just do in front of that dead person? Right. And then then somebody else was like, "Yep." what the fuck did you just do? It's just this chain reaction. Right. It is illegal in Kentucky to carry ice cream in your pocket, in your back pocket. Why would you fucking carry ice cream in your back pocket? And why does somebody feel the need to make a law about this? I don't know. There's a Pennsylvania law (laughs) I heard about years ago that it's illegal to stand on a street corner on a Sunday, on a Sunday, like afternoon or something, chewing bubble gum. Why? Fucking why? Who actual legislative time on this Actual and money. Actual money was spent into hey, making this a thing. Somebody fucking lobbied for that. Yeah. Why? Like, there was one. <laughs> Why? I forget where it was from, and I heard this a while ago. I don't really remember everything about it, but it's something along the lines of, like, it's illegal to lay or sleep on top of a refrigerator. Uh-huh. Something. Yeah. Like, one, why do you even before. need to tell people that? And if you do, if somebody's stupid enough to do that... Let them. Survival of the fittest. Let them fall and break their fucking wrist or something. I had one more little thing I wanted to tell you that I forgot to tell you earlier. It's kind of exciting. As of today, we hit 1,500 downloads. We got 108 downloads today. That's before this. we started recording. We might still get more. That's bangers, bro. Yeah. We have had well over 700 just for July, which if you think about how long it took us to get here. Right. 
It's badass. So thank you guys, everybody, for listening. With y'all. We love it. Thank you so much for the support. And M's an attention horse, so she really gets off on this. Thanks. You make me feel so special. I know. Wow. I love you, too. <laughs> Damn, that lightning's crazy, dude. See it out here. May it strike you down for speaking to your woman like that. Let it come, baby. Let it come. That's what she said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> proud of that one. <laughs> And there go the cats. I thought that was thunder thunder at first. (laughs) Like rolling in. So we've had our drinks. Mm -hmm. We're getting drunk. We're on our way. Now it's time. For the dead. For the dead. I already said it. You don't need to do it when I say it. Too late. I already said it. Do you want to know what my topic is this week? Sure. I picked Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Oh my God. You did? I fucking love it. Oh my Lord. I have no idea what it is. Tell me. You don't know what Waverly Hill Sanatorium is? I know what Wizards of Waverly Place is. Not the same. Damn. Well, not so interested anymore. Well, let me tell you about it. Let me tell okay, you about it. Okay. Okay. I think I think you will get interested. Can I grab another beer? <laughs> Fine. Go ahead. So, my sources are Wikipedia, Mysterious Universe, Ranker, and Louisville.com. Louisville? Louisville. Louisville? Louisville. You just basically have to Louisville. Yeah. Oh, hey, that's funny. I didn't even realize this when I wrote this down. In 1883, Major Thomas H. Hayes. So, 1883, he purchases land that one day becomes home to the infamous Waverly Hills Sanatorium. And this is in Louisville, Kentucky. 1883 was the same year that the U.S. established the time zones. Standardized time. Yeah. I was like, hey, that Connections sounds and you familiar. Didn't even make it. <laughs> so wh- when he buys his land and he builds his home, he was pretty damn far away from any existing schools. So he did the most logical thing when you have a fuck ton of money and a bunch of land. He built his own school for his daughters. Hmm. And it was just a really simple one. It's this it's a one room schoolhouse. It was on Pages Lane, and there was a woman there that taught there. Her name was Lizzie Lee Harris, and she taught the daughters. As far as I can tell, it was only teaching the daughters. It wasn't teaching, like, other local neighborhood kids. He kept it very Keep those peasants away. Lizzie, the teacher, really loved Walter Scott's Waverly novels. I've never read them. I've heard of them. I don't know. I haven't read them. What are they about? I don't know. I've, I've just heard of them. But she named the school... Waverly School after the novels that she loves so much. Does it come back to bite her in the ass? No. No, it doesn't hurt the family in any way. The good major really liked the sound of that, the ring of it, so he named his entire property Waverly Hill because he felt it sounded really peaceful. Ha ha ha. Boom, boom, boom. Foreshadow. At the turn of the 20th century... Louisville was hit really hard with tuberculosis, so they got this really big outbreak. Apparently, the wetlands in the area were, like, the perfect breeding ground for the bacteria that causes the disease. So, loads of people, loads of people got sick. I don't know if I put enough emphasis on that, do you think? No, I don't. Try it again. Loads. There we go. Better? 
Got to like throw the head back and open the throat up a little bit. Yeah. That sounds dirty. That's what she said. <laughs> That's what he said. Mm. What you doing later? Mm-hmm. So the Waverly Hills Sanatorium began in 1910 as a small two-story wooden hospital, and it was used to treat the early cases of tuberculosis. So kind of like the beginning of the influx of people getting sick. It was small. It could only house about 40 patients at a time. So it's not very big. You think Louisville's a pretty big city. Even at the time, it probably was pretty populous. Mm -hmm. So as the city began to build the Louisville City Hospital, they decided that they were not going to treat any of the tuberculosis cases at the new hospital, at least not the advanced ones. So instead, the Board of Tuberculosis Hospital... Literally, that's like a thing. The Board of Tuberculosis Hospital was given $25,000 to construct a new hospital for the more advanced cases of pulmonary tuberculosis. So the people who were further along and it was too hard to treat in the main hospital. Mm -hmm. So in August of 1912, the patients were basically kicked out of where they were and relocated to, quote, temporary quarters. And the temporary quarters were on the same grounds. But basically, they had to live in tents until the hospital for the more advanced cases was completed that December. Which, if you think about it, Kentucky, December, it's probably cold. They were living, so they don't want to be out in wet conditions, right? Not good for tuberculosis. They are living in fucking tents from August, September, October, November, December. Four of the wettest months of the fucking year. And they're living in goddamn tents. Genius, right? I read that and was like, what? who thought of this? <laughs> so once it was completed, it could house approximately 80 patients. So it was about double the size of the old one. And then a children's wing was added in 1914 that could hold another 50 beds. So at this point, they can hold about 130 patients. It's not, it's big-ish, but not that big. At least that's what it was designed for. But... You know, of course, more cases kept coming in and they, they ran out of space. What I think is really interesting is that the children's pavilion or children's wing wasn't just for kids with the disease, but also for kids of other infected patients. Because chances are they're infected as well. No, because the people that were really infected and be at the hospital could no longer take care of those kids. So the kids were brought in to someplace where they could be cared for. But that just you're basically ensuring that you have continually have new patients. You're exposing these kids to a highly well, chances infectious are, disease. If their parent already has it, they do too. That wasn't the thought, though. The thought is that these kids didn't have anybody to care for them. Trust me, I looked it up. Mm -hmm. I looked this stuff up. I do my research, baby. But yeah, so they're bringing in perfectly healthy kids into this highly infectious situation. Brilliant plan. Like, they couldn't have come up with a better plan for this. I mean, the kids are going to be going and running to mommy and daddy, who are highly sick, and giving them hugs and kisses during the day. So when you smack that little motherfucker away. Gee, Say, mom, no. your lips are awfully red today. Oh, it's okay, sweetie. It's just the blood. Right. Come give mommy smooches. Kissy, kissy. <laughs> Remember this blood stain. <laughs> Keep it forever. Remember me fondly. <laughs> So, like I said, 
that hospital really quickly proved to be too small for the number of patients that were kept pouring in. So in 1926, they built the new five-story building that could hold up to 400 patients. That was opened atop a hill that's overlooking Louisville, and that's where it still stands. It's this big, huge building. It's supposed to hold 400 patients. It's a big-ass building, though. Is it an operation? No, it's no longer an operation. But I'll get into that in a little bit. Not as a hospital, anyway. So the hospital employed all kinds of wild treatments to help their patients. Some crazy-ass shit. They... What I could find out for sure that they used were heat lamps, fresh air, which was a really common treatment for tuberculosis. These two get me. Reassurances of recovery and high spirits. So they were just came in and cheery, cheery. That's going to cure you. Oh, that's like at um, um, St. Jude's or whatever. They have people whose job it is to just walk around and go tell jokes and just mm-hmm. play with the kids. Keep the spirits and, up, yeah. yep. It's important. It is. You are more like your body fights better when you're happier. Yeah. I know that they also did things like uh, they had specific diets and nutritional regulations, but I couldn't find any information on what they were to know whether they were reasonable or wacky. Because, you know, 1926. Right. They came up with some weird ass shit. There are also reports of lung surgeries, which... They definitely, they had an operating room. They definitely did lung surgeries. A lot of them would treat collapsed lungs. So these would be things like they would insert a balloon into the lungs and inflate it mm-hmm. because you can breathe through a balloon, right? Uh, they would remove ribs. They would remove muscle. They did all kinds of weird lung surgeries. There were also reports of things like electroshock therapy and placing heavy sandbags on their chests to basically help squish out the disease. <laughs> so I some of those last two, I couldn't confirm. I know for sure they did the surgeries. I couldn't confirm any reports of the sandbags or the electroshock for tuberculosis, at least. So fresh air was so seriously thought to be this curative for tuberculosis that Patients would be put on balconies or by open windows regardless of weather. So there are pictures of people just completely bundled up and like snow coming in through the windows. Out to get fresh air. Yep. And they're all in like in these rows of beds and they're just jammed, crammed into these. And there are pictures, you can look them up online, of them just inches apart, crammed into these rooms up against the windows trying to get fresh air to treat their tuberculosis. Yeah. So when the building was originally built, they constructed a tunnel that was meant for the workers to get in and out. And it was to transport things up and down. So it had like kind of a track with some trolleys and it had some steps and it was, um, it had like a, a ramp in it also. But as the deaths mounted and people got really stressed about watching the bodies being moved, the tunnel was repurposed into a body chute. So they would kind of covertly move the dead out of the building. Mm -hmm. And they'd just take them to the chute and send them down the same way their food was coming up. Yeah, well, it's not really encouraging seeing a dead body walking past or seeing it out the window. not great to be the worker hearing thud, thud, thud. I doubt they just threw it down the steps. 
No, it was down the stair. Well, it was down the ramp, but you, I mean, that's going to go sliding down. I mean, just think about like a fucking water slide with fucking body bags on it. You said <laughs> they had rails, right? Probably had a trolley of some sort. Well, the reports are that they sent them down the ramp. Huh. I don't know. Either way, imagine being the person that has to lump these things into like, the get same ready. trolley that you bring up your food in. Like, get ready, Big Billy's coming down. Oh, my God. Big Billy wouldn't be Big Billy after tuberculosis. That would be fair. And it got it got former bad. Big Billy is coming down. Yeah, right. At one point, there was reported to be at least one death every hour during the height of the tuberculosis outbreak. So that's a lot of fucking deaths. Just in Louisville, or just Louisville? Yep, here at the Waver- Waverly Hills Sanatorium. Damn. Yeah. So that's why they part of why they were using that body shoot is just get them the fuck out. I hope they were in body bags. Otherwise, they were just sending bodies flying down there. Like, ah. Imagine, like, waking up. Like, you're like, no, I'm not actually dead. Oh, God, no. That's horrible. But this is so much fun. Who? I was listening to a story. Who was it? I don't think it was studying Scarlet. It might have been ye old. Where they uh, were talking about somebody that had... Oh, no, no. It was two girls, one ghost. That's what it was. They were talking about a dude that had been dead, and he was about to be autopsy, and they go to cut into him, like, cut into his head, and then he wakes up. Nope. Imagine how weird that would be to be the the surgeon. Dude, you would never, ever want to cut anybody ever fucking again. You'd that be, would be double-checking so every single vital in that <laughs> oh body. God. Anyway, for Waverly Hills... With the discovery of the drug streptomycin, which came around in 1943, the cases of tuberculosis declined over time because it was really effective. Until the last remaining patients were moved to Hazelwood Sanatorium in Louisville, and Waverly Hills was officially closed in 1961. The following year, the building gets repurposed as a nursing home named Woodhaven Geriatric Center, and it's mostly to treat... Like, the mentally handicapped, the elderly that are suffering from mobility issues, so people who can't get around very well, and those that are suffering from various stages of dementia. The patients here definitely suffered. The center was really overcrowded, seriously understaffed. The patients were treated horribly. There were verified accounts of electroshock therapy during this period of the hospital's history. There, it really wouldn't surprise me if there were also lobotomies, because lobotomy was still a thing at that time. And if you're dealing with the mentally ill, and you're that overcrowded, and you're trying to keep people under control, I couldn't find any reports of it, but it wouldn't surprise me if lobotomy was a thing. So you take the brain out? No, no. That's So it's where you go in through the, you know, like the pink part next to your eye with this, basically this ice pick. They tap it in, and they cut off the connections to your pre... I think it's your prefrontal cortex. Mm. I don't know know Mm. that much about lobotomies, but I know that it really alters your mood and makes you very docile. Gotcha. I also know the youngest person to ever get one was 12 years old because his stepmother thought that he was too rambunctious. And everybody said, hey, no, that's totally normal. He's 12. And then one doctor was like, okay, let's give him a lobotomy. And they fucked up his life forever. Way to go, doc. Yeah, right. 
That wasn't here. That's just a lobotomy fact for you. Mm-hmm. So Kentucky eventually closed the geriatric center in 1982. So it, it operated for 20 years, but it oper- um, it was closed down following a whole bunch of reports of neglect. They, they were terrible conditions there. After that, there were a few more failed ventures on the property. There were plans to turn it into a prison. That was like 1983. But the people living around the property flipped out. So that fell through. There were plans to turn it into apartments, which also fell through. Damn, that fucking rain tonight, man. It's going. Then a man named Robert Alberhasky. I think I'm saying Quite that Quite a name. It's a great name. Tried to turn it into a place of worship in 1996. His plan was to build the world's tallest statue of Jesus and convert the sanatorium into a chapel and gift shop. Because what place of worship is complete without a gift shop? If you can't buy your little Jesus figurines, you aren't a good Christian. Right. $30 bottles of holy water. You aren't properly worshiping. But that didn't happen either. Because Rio de Janeiro still has the biggest statue of Jesus. Eventually, in 2001, the Matting, Mattingly, Matt, I can't say their last name, Mattingly's bought the property. They've been, tro- oh my goodness, they've been slowly trying to restore the property. Um, it, the property sat empty for nearly 20 years, so it's not in good shape. That was just at the point where they had purchased it, and it's still empty. They've been doing restorations. Um, I know that they give ghost tours and things to try and earn some money. I think you might be able to stay overnight there, and they're trying to slowly restore the inside. So anyway, the official reports of deaths at the hospital have, they've been lost to time. So like all the records that would have been taken when Waverly Hills was a tuberculosis hospital are gone. There are confirmed 6,000 deaths. They know that from death certificates. But there's an estimated 61 to 63,000 total deaths there based on the a death every hour reported and the number of people that went in and out. From what I can tell, that number doesn't include any that might have occurred when it was a nursing home, which likely makes that number even higher. I'm sure not by much, respectively. I mean, still enough. It's not like old people are dying off by the billions every day. Well, the tuberculosis patients weren't dying off by the billions every day either. You know what I mean. Quit being a butthead. So let me tell you about the hauntings. Let's get into the good stuff. The stuff you're really here for. People regularly hear screams. Moans, wails, and doors opening and closing. A lot of slamming doors. They also see strange lights, uh, figure-shaped mists, shadow figures. You know, the huge. The huge. The huge. There are a lot of claims that passersby or visitors sometimes in the buildings will see lights going on and off inside, but the building doesn't have any electricity. But it's been witnessed a ton of times. This is a big claim. Happens all the time. In the front entry, so when you first walk into the building, there are a few reports of this bloody old female apparition, like an old woman, that she has chains that are running between her wrists and her ankles. So it's like 
she's got her hands and ankles chained yeah. and then there's one that's connecting them and she's got blood like running down her arms and she's walking down the hallway and then when she sees anybody she screams and runs she tries to get away that's creepy yeah from what i can tell there were multiple reports of that one on the third floor there's a little girl that has no eyes she likes to play hide and seek which i think is probably kind of hard if you don't have any fucking eyes you can't seek just saying. I'm sure she's a good hider, though. Yeah, probably. <laughs> By now, she knows it pretty well. But that yeah. would be creepy as fuck. A little girl with no eyes. They get close enough to see it? I think it's just like black sockets. That's weird. Taking it back to the black-eyed kids for you there. Yeah, right. Thanks for that one, bro. There's another spirit child. Uh, he's a, It's a young boy. He's about six or seven. He's really commonly known as Timmy. I don't know where they came up with that name. Timmy. It's just what everybody calls him. Timmy. He wanders around the upper floors of the hospital, and he's really playful. And if you ever watch any of the paranormal shows that go to Waverly Hills, everybody tries to make some kind of connection, contact with Timmy. Because what he likes to do is if you take a ball and put it on the floor, he'll roll it around. Hmm. So he'll play with it and he'll roll it back to you or you might catch it on camera that the ball just starts rolling by itself. It'll be sitting on the floor and then it just starts going. So Timmy likes to play with balls. Don't we all? In the kitchen, there are accounts of seeing a man in white. So he's in like this white coat that's walking around. Maybe it's a chef. Maybe it's a doctor. I don't know. But during one paranormal investigation that was conducted in that room by the Louisville Ghost Hunter Society... Several of the investigators distinctly smelled baking bread. So that's a report is that you go into the kitchen. And the kitchen is completely fucking destroyed. So it would probably be a chef then. That would make sense. Most likely. But the whole thing is destroyed. There's, There's definitely nothing in there that works or should hold that kind of a scent at this point. I mean, if you've seen the inside pictures of this hospital, it's just falling apart. Yeah. Not surprisingly, the tunnel, a.k.a. body chute, is Mm. thought to be very haunted. People hear disembodied voices and footsteps, and they see lots of shadow people. They see green orbs and full-bodied apparitions. So they see quite a bit in the tunnel, which is dark as fuck. So that's got to be creepy. So I'm confused. Where does the tunnel come from? Like the first, like the top floor? No, no. It's probably from the first floor. Out. It's a flat tunnel? No, I mean, it's a chute. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't look that up. It's not a really steep incline. I've seen the tunnel in videos, but I don't remember what floor it goes to. Mm. I imagine that it's to the first floor. But I don't know for sure. Gotcha. So in the tunnel, there are also several claims of being touched. It's pretty common in the tunnel. And you can get loads of EP. Oh, my God. And there are loads of EVPs that have been captured in the area. So a whole bunch of communication. Lots of spirit talking. The fourth floor is considered to be the most haunted. And here in the operating room, there are some interesting things that happen. Why is it always the top floor that's always the most haunted? Like attics or... That's not the top floor. You said the top floor. I said the fourth floor. The fourth floor is considered to be the most haunted. Not top floor. How many floors? There are five. It's a five-story. 
Okay, why is it always the upper floors that is most haunted? <laughs> like My question still that. stands because <laughs> everything that I've ever searched or most, most of what we've talked about, it's always the upper floor. Well, maybe it's like heat. Spirits are drawn up. Maybe they have to like maybe pass they- all these different tests to get up. You have to keep going up and up and up. And the fourth test or the, the last test is the hardest one. And they can't pass it. So they get stuck on the top floor. Like a video game? Yeah. They just can't ever make it up. It's like the, the boss fight. Yep. So anyway, the fourth floor is really, really haunted. The operating room's on the fourth floor. The operating room is where some pretty fucking awful surgeries happen, right? That's some nasty shit. Somebody putting fucking balloons in your lungs or cutting out ribs and muscles to try and make it so you can breathe. No, thanks. It's nasty. It's nasty. It's awful. Why is it nasty? Balloon in your lungs. Okay, but they're trying to help you live. But it's not going to work. It's a balloon in your lungs. Your lungs need to fill with air, not balloon. Air's not going to go through the balloon. If they put a hole in it. Then it won't inflate. The idea is for the balloon to be able to inflate. But then you don't get the oxygen. Okay, well, you got to try something. You got to start somewhere. Okay, so I'm saying it's a horrible surgery. You're going to die. It's not going to (laughs) work. So you had horrible surgeries in the operating room. People that go into the operating room, again, they they experience shadow people, physical contact, door slamming. Like the three most common things that are seen all over the hospital. This place has some of the most, probably the, the most accounts of shadow people that I've read of anywhere. They're just seen like crazy at the hospital. The door in this room is known to slam shut and be unable to open. So, like, it's locked. You'll be on the inside and stuck. But there's no lock on the door. So, it's there are reports of people that get shut in the room. And they'll be freaking out trying to get out. And then maybe a tour guide will go over and be like, okay, can you please let us out? We, we're not here to bother you. And the door will open. Just pop open. Mm-hmm. Spirits of nurses are seen all throughout the hospital. There are quite a few nurses, but one room has a notoriously active nurse. So supposedly one unmarried nurse found out that she was pregnant, possibly by a doctor. Oh, There weren't confirmed reports of that. These are the stories I like. But the doctor didn't want anything to do with her or the baby. So. Obvi. Why would you say obvi? Because he's a doctor. That's horrible. Of course it's horrible, but it's so obby. Anyway, desperately unhappy, she hanged herself in the bathroom in room 502. So, it was reported that it took quite some time before anybody found her in there. So, it was probably nasty. That poor girl was hanging there for a while. In the bathroom? In the bathroom of room 502. Really? Mm-hmm. Took that? Well, I mean... I guess in, in a room, it, it makes more sense. If it were a public restroom, you would think that it would be caught pretty quickly. No, it was a private room. What I could... Right. What I gathered from reading quite a bit was that there are... there There's some evidence to suggest that this 
at least pieces of this story are true that there was a nurse that was impregnated by a doctor and she killed herself. But due to the loss of records, it's not confirmed whether she died on the premises or off the premises. But she did work in room 502. That's known. And she was believed, I think it said she was 28 years old. And this was in the late 1920s at the time. So it would have been shortly after it opened as the big five-story building. Mm -hmm. There are also other reports of a nurse being stabbed to death in the room. And a nurse who had been staying in that room for a while, she went up to the roof and she jumped from the roof patio to her death. There's also a report of a homeless man being murdered by a cult or gang in that room. What? But these stories are not confirmed. I could not find... Is that evidence saying these for sure happened? So was five hundred two? Was that a room where a patient stays, or is that a, a That's residence like a nurse room? room? Yeah. And was the cult thing after it shut down? Because I would yes, figure that would it would be, be very hard empty. for a group of people to get in there with a victim without anybody noticing. So after it shut down in like nineteen eighty two, completely. When the geriatric center moved out and it shut down, the place started to fall apart. It became a magnet for homeless people. And they they were known to... I mean, it was a big space with beds Right. And stuff. Why not utilize it? Yeah. So, there were definitely loads of homeless people in there. So, it would have been during that time that a gang or a cult... Mind you, if it was in the late 80s, that would have been during Satanic Panic... When everybody thought that any teenager ever was worshiping Satan and sacrificing. And you came along and you're like, yep, we're all doing it. I wasn't a teen. I would have been like five in the late 80s and you Oh, so you were Satan Satan Spawn. My name is actually Damien. Mm -hmm. You don't get that reference because you're not cool. Cool. Everybody else will get that reference. Because I guarantee everybody who listens to this likes horror movies. Mm. Good for them. Good for you. (laughs) What a great life you live. I do. Thanks. Mm -hmm. I like it. Many tour guides have actually reported seeing doppelgangers of themselves or of others. So, like, relatives, friends, whatever. And what will happen is a lot of times they'll, they'll be in one room giving a tour and they'll look across the hallway through the door and in the doorway of the opposite room they'll see themselves staring back and the double will look exactly like them except for black empty holes where the eyes should be that would be fucking freaky you think so maybe a little i don't know i'm like hey bro looking sexy as always all right i'll catch you later (sighs) yep that sounds like something you would do I don't know. Some some of the reports of these were pretty dark. I didn't include all of them, but there were reports of, like, seeing your sister across the hallway holding a cat and bashing the cat's head against the door. And your sister is a cat lover, so you know that she would never do that. Plus, there's, you know, black holes where her eyes should be. That's gangster. Interestingly... The owner of the building may himself be haunted. So this is Charlie Mattingly. A person being haunted? Uh-huh. I've Never heard, a few heard of cases. that. 
Yeah, I've heard a few times. Well, so what does that what does that entail? Way. Like you go somewhere and bad shit happens, or like you are just a like you are just like a devil. You're like a magnet for the paranormal, for spiritual activity. You are open in some way, and they're receptive of that. They see that, so they come and they a they, sensitive. Kind of like the kid from Ultra The Sixth sensitive. Sense. Is that another movie you don't know what I'm talking about? You might as well not even talk about that shit anymore. <laughs> Just save me I getting angry at you for this shit. And yeah. Anyway, apparently he's pretty well known in the paranormal community. I he's this he's described as this really chill guy. He's really just laid back and kind of unassuming, but he seems to attract poltergeist activity like crazy. One psychic described him as a gateway personality. So he's just that kind of person who draws it to him, even though he's not actively seeking it out. So even though he has loads of these firsthand experiences of some really crazy encounters and weird shit happening doesn't seem to bother him he's pretty like "Eh, whatever that's just part of my life (laughs) like do you boo boo i'm gonna do me he walks around the corner hey honestly just having that half your face it's cool just imagine having that reputation like nobody would fuck with you like yeah i'm gonna take this candy bar like okay you think who the fuck would press you are you going to sick the ghosts on them? It doesn't even matter. Just the fact that somebody thinks that you will. Who's going to stop that's you? That's true. That's true. You don't actually you have, have to, to do it. that idea in people's heads. Yeah. You don't have to actually do anything bad. It's like with the kids. When you plant the idea in their heads that they're going to get smacked if they do something, but you don't ever actually smack them. So I saved my favorite part of the haunting of Waverly Hills for last. It's the thing that honestly, I think it's one of the all-time scariest haunts. It's known as the Creeper or the Crawler. And this thing freaks me the fuck out. It's either or. or It depends on who you're talking to. Some people call it the Creeper. Some people call it the Crawler. Does he creep or does he crawl? I'm confused. It's both. Just, Just listen. Jesus Christ. So it's a black shadowy entity that's usually spotted on the fourth floor which is again that's supposed to be the most haunted floor what's unusual about it though is that unlike other shadow figures it doesn't stand upright and walk from room to room instead it crawls on all fours and has been known to not only move across the floor but also up walls and across the ceiling this is like my fucking nightmare you know what i think would be worse than watching something walk on all fours is moving without moving at all. Floating. No, this could like, be way out. Way do you, way creepier than Do you remember that Do you remember floating. that video I showed you of, of the those dancers? dancers? Yeah. If that came walking up in the crib right now, I would probably shit myself more so than I would if something was crawling on the ceiling. I don't no, care what you mm-hmm. say. I mean, I would find it very creepy cuz that makes me think of the demon things from the Hush episode of Buffy when nobody can speak, they floated like that. Right, because if something's crawling on the ceiling, walking on the wall, it needs to be connected to something. But if something's moving and it's not, it, it has no way to, 
no reasonable explanation as to why it is going forward or backward, left, right. If it is just floating, that's another fucking thing. It is disconnected from the reality that I know. And that's what creeps me out more than anything. Well, okay, but a human on the ceiling is also disconnected from the reality. I don't care. That's, yeah. that's, that's possible. That's possible. Floating, not so much. No, it's not possible for humans to just be completely upside down on the ceiling. It is. They have suction cups. Okay, barring suction cups, in your everyday life, if you see a black shadow thing moving down the hallway... I'm not saying I would, wouldn't be creeped out by it. I am saying that something floating across my floor would be more creepy than something walking on the ceiling. Okay, well then I need to find a story with something floating across the floor to really freak you out. This, to me, is... Like, this is nightmare material. I honestly have nightmares about things being up in corners, on the ceiling, on walls. It freaks me out. Right? Like, what is it about corners, too, that make it more... Oh, when they sit in the corner, If something's in the corner, it's like it has the protection, but you're in the middle of it. Like, if something was in the middle of the ceiling, that's one thing. But if if it's propped up in the corner, Mm -hmm. like, you know it's ready to pounce and it has the advantage over you. That... The mom did it in Hereditary, and it scared the piss out of me. That was honestly probably the scariest moment in the whole movie. It makes me so uncomfortable. And then when you talked about the old hag, when we did our hags episode, sitting on top of the door, mm-hmm. uh-uh, I don't like it. <laughs> it makes me so fucking uncomfortable. I hate that. <laughs> I hate it with a fucking passion. Yeah. And reading this, I wanted to do this story because the crawler creeps me out so badly. No, you're going to have nightmares. I will. I'm going to have to deal but with wait, it. wait, there's a little bit more. Excuse me, can I tell you something first? Time? What? I think you look really good in your glasses. Oh, thanks, baby. I love you your eyeballs. You can't see them behind my glasses. Are you kidding me? They're translucent. Transparent? Yeah, I'm an engineer. With all the scratches, they might be translucent. Yeah, all right. That's what I was going for. It makes sense. I like your eyebrows. I they do. shape your My eyeballs. eyebrows are on fleek. You got to go. It's a vine, actually. I know, you, you know, you're... I don't know. You're not cool and everything. You think you're cool. I know who Wednesday Adam is, and I know who Damien from The Omen is, so fuck off. Okay, relevance where? None at all. Everywhere. Anyways, Vine. (laughs) It's a Vine, and it's this girl, and she goes, eyebrows on fleek, the fuck? That's what you gotta do whenever you talk about your eyebrows. Well, they are on fleek, Regardless of Wednesday Adams or Vine, I think you look divine. That was smooth. I like that. What you doing later? (laughs) We'll talk about that once we stop recording. Uh Sure. Make no comment. Continue. My last little bullet here is that witnesses say that when the creeper spots you, it'll run down the hallway towards you on all fours. And then it'll like shift up the wall and onto the ceiling and continue its approach at this ridiculous speed across the ceiling towards you. You might as well just give up at that point. Uh, So I could not find any reports of anybody that stuck the fuck around for that. So there's no like face to face with the entity. Everybody was like, nope, (laughs) got the fuck out of there. Yeah. Which I don't blame them because that scares the piss out of me. I don't like it. We need more ghost hunters who aren't scared of death. 
But then I guess we would need more who aren't scared of death, right? Oh, yeah. You just need a continual supply. Yeah. (laughs) It needs to be exponentially growing as well. That's when we got to bring in those really, the lifelike robots from Japan and send those in. Yeah, no kidding. Because if you think about when these spirits would have died, they would not be familiar with lifelike robots. Well, do you think they could still sense energy? Well, I don't know. Um, If you think about robots are full of electricity and so are we, and that's a lot of what spirits supposedly draw from is electrical energy. I don't know. We'll test it. Drop out of horticulture. Get into computer (laughs) and software engineering. All right. So I have a listener story for you. It's from Nika from BMW Podcast. So that's Black Millennial Women. It's one of the, one of our first, actually, I think it was our very first spotlight. Otto, you ready for a story? Uh Hi, my name is Nika from the BMW Podcast. And these are my paranormal experiences. So the first experience I'm going to share with you today is related to a precognitive dream that I had in high school. So I would like to preface this story with stating that my family is very religious. We have several pastors in my family. And one of the things that come with religion is um, the talk around like witchcraft and, and prophesizing and miracles and things like that. So my several of my family members purport to be prophets and So this isn't an abnormal occurrence to me, but it seems abnormal to the general public. I would also like to state that I have deja vu a lot, and it's not a deja vu in the sense that I felt like I've been here or done this before. It's I've dreamed this. Um, And I've never been able to get like a concrete, like I don't keep dream journals or anything, so I've never been able to like write it down and get a concrete, like I knew this happened except for this one time. So I had had a dream one night. It was the winter time, and I had it with about one of my friends from high school. And in my dream, me and her were sitting by this pond that was behind her house in our subdivision, and we were talking about going to college. And when we were talking about going to college, we were um, discussing us visiting and staying friends and things like that. And she made a very specific statement in the dream about when she was going to come and visit. I don't really remember what the exact statement was. But I know that it was highly specific. So I woke up the next morning and generally if I dream about somebody, I will tell them. So I told her exactly what the dream was. Flash forward several months and we are now in the summer before we leave for college. And we're sitting by the pond and we're talking about college and staying friends and, you know, visiting each other. And then she says the very specific statement. And I just look at her and she goes, what? And I'm like, do you remember that dream that I had about you that I told you about? And she was like, yeah, it's the dream where I, and then she just starts to, you could see her face recognize that she had just said what I told her she was going to say. So of course we both start freaking out because this is the first time. And I, tra- and I tried to explain to her, like, I've had these sort of precognitive dreams before, but this is the first time I've ever, ever been able to get a witness to one, so to speak. So that's my first very small foray into the paranormal. Now, my second one, this occurred in middle school. I was maybe around 12 years old. And this actually occurred with my older brother with me. So 
my mom used to have what they call like a curfew for the kitchen. So after a certain time, you couldn't come downstairs to get water. You couldn't do anything. So when we were up really late, we would sneak downstairs to get water. So this one particular night, it was maybe two or three in the morning, me and my older brother snuck downstairs to get water. And as we walked up to the kitchen, so the way the kitchen was set up is like you would walk in and there was like a the dining table, but to the right was a wall that led to a small hallway that went down into the basement. At the time, the basement door was open. So we go to walk into the kitchen and there's a light outside of the kitchen to turn the light on in the kitchen. But before we got a chance to hit the switch, we saw a woman dressed like a pilgrim standing by the door. And she was said something along the lines of, come on, kids, let's go home. And then we saw like three or four little kids dressed as pilgrims run downstairs past her and into the basement. And she walks in behind them. My brother and I just look at each other and he says, did you just see that? And I said, oh, I, I saw that. And we just like ran up the stairs as fast as we could. And I think that's the only time that I could say I've ever seen a spirit. And every time I tell the story, no one believes me. But I have a witness to that, too. And to this day, if I text my brother, do you remember when we saw the ghosts? He will tell you the exact same story. So that's all I have for you today. Those are my experiences with precognitive dreams and and spirits. Um, again, my name is Nika from the BMW Podcast. Have a good day. I freaking loved that story. That's crazy, for sure. I like. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Not only to see it yourself, but then <laughs> the person who's directly next to you is like, "Yeah." the fuck is going on <laughs> what the hell did we just see? Uh-huh. i totally believe it especially when you have another witness there with you right that's just that's the thing that makes something more concrete than mm-hmm. you know just like oh my goodness i saw a ghost i bet they weren't breaking mom's curfew anymore after that right <laughs> mom actually put the kitchen curfew in place for a reason <laughs> so you wouldn't see the pilgrim ghost yeah or maybe mom heard him come down the stairs and she was <laughs> assemble the actors. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you'd know the difference. But yeah, that would be funny. That would be a really mom thing to do for sure. I just know. I can tell they're going to do it tonight. You guys ready to go? Yeah, right. Or she just has them on staff 24-7. Have you ever had a premonition before? Like deja vu, you mean? Yeah, kind of like deja vu. <laughs> You know, do you yeah. remember that time when we went to the Buffalo yep. Mall and I said, this was the mall that I dreamt about? Because mm-hmm. I remember waking up and telling you about that mall and how weird that dream was. And then we went there a few months later and that's the first time I'd ever been to that mall. And that was the mall. Right. Something yeah, like that. Yeah, I've had, of course, I think everybody has. I think you'd be a liar if you said you hadn't. See, that's why I think that time isn't real. Time isn't real. I like in any sense of it. I think that we live everything all at once, but we like our consciousness needs to focus on something. So it focuses on a specific time, quote unquote, timeline, but it picks up all that extra information. Like where we are in every moment of our lives all the time. But we. Right. Well, I mean, speaking from a physics standpoint, time is a man created thing term Mm -hmm. idea it's time again 
and in quote quote there is is dictated by a mass of an object. So do and little kids mass have less speed. time? Huh? Do little kids have less time? No, well, more time. More time? Mass and, and speed. I mean, I mean, everybody, not everybody, I should say, a lot of people that I've talked to and myself personally, it seems like as you grow older, the year passes by quicker. You have less time to do the things that you need to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that might have something to do with it. I think that was a really cool dream because I could definitely relate. I've I've had those kinds of dreams where you go and it's not like you feel like you've been there before. It's I know I've told somebody about this and now I'm living it. Mm-hmm. And there's some of those moments where it's like it's so... It it feels so real, like that you know that you've experienced this before, and, and you cannot remember another time that you've been in that place mm-hmm. or experienced the same things you are having the same conversation that you're having. You know, you're like, I've never. This might be the first time I've ever met the person, but I know for a fact that I have experienced or I remember having this conversation. Mm-hmm. Or I already know all here. this information about them. Yeah. That's really cool. I think I think her stories were really cool. That was a cool story. And she has a... I love her voice. It's so rich. Don't you ever like voices? I like voices. I think certain people are just really nice to listen to. Like Morgan Freeman. His voice is phenomenal. Yeah. That's why mm-hmm. he plays God. Or who was... Uh... Jason Lee, years ago, he had a fantastic voice. He's dead. Dead. Yeah, he played Saruman in Lord of the Rings. I think it was Jason. Was it Jason Lee? Is that his name? It was something. Christopher Lee? Christopher Lee. That's what it was. Hmm. It's been too long. Christopher Lee played Saruman. That's it. I'm on it. I'll get there. What's her name again? Nika. Well, thank you, Nika, for sharing that story. It was a very good Thank you very much. Good recount, and we appreciate that. So now we just have a reminder about our giveaway. I will be putting up our question of the week on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. So where can they find us? You can catch us at Drink Drunk Dead on all of our social medias, mm-hmm. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Soon we're going to have an OnlyFans and a Patreon. <laughs> Are we? An OnlyFans? No. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't even know what that was until about three weeks ago. I so. didn't. I'd never heard of it, thankfully. It's not my thing. But yeah, so check out our social media to answer that question. Don't forget to DM us. Please do not put it in the comments. It's going to get deleted if you put it in the comments because I don't want you giving away the answer. I want your chance to be your chance at this prize. They can also email us their own personal accounts or whatever else at what address, baby? Drink drunk dead podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for that, sir. You are welcome. So, yeah, if you want to have your personal accounts read or if you want them played, you can record them. We will play them on the show. If you want everybody to hear your beautiful voice. 
If you sound like this, don't send it over a voice message. <laughs> That's pretty fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget to rate and review us if you use iTunes. It's really, really helpful. It helps get us noticed. And tell your homies. Tell your bros. Tell all your bitches. Let them all know. Bitches and your homies. Mm -hmm. Everybody needs to know. Tell your mama. Tell your daddy. Tell your grandpappies. Don't tell your your grandmamas, though, because you know she ain't going to fucks with it. Yeah, she ain't going to like it. (laughs) Especially your grandma. She would not like this. Yeah, right. Neither of your parents would appreciate this. No. Oh, my dad might get a kick out of it, but my mom would not. My dad doesn't care if you curse. My mom would be like, that's so inappropriate. I don't understand why you have to say fuck so often. Because I fucking <laughs> next love to time fucking I'm say fuck, mom. Next time I'm going to walk in your parents' house and be like, what up, bitch? <laughs> no. <laughs> you ready to zone? fuck some shit up? <laughs> my dad will be like, let's break out the firecrackers. Yeah, right. So, thank y'all for listening. Let us know what you think of this new setup. We really, again, because of everything that we have going on in our normal lives, this is what we think is going to work better for ourselves. But, of course, we always take into consideration what you guys appreciate. So let us know we'll get a few how weeks. you feel it. Yeah, we'll get a few weeks in. And if you're feeling like, hey, I really miss having the two stories or... If you think maybe we should try something else, let us know. We listen. We hear you guys. So, shall we? Raise a toast. Oh, you don't have a glass today. It's going to be not. on me. Shall we? Raise, Raise a, a toast, toast to, to our, our ghosts. ghosts.